If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. It's true. Uh, especially if it's murdering children. Especially if it's murdering children. <laughs> Maybe you can hum the theme song. Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong. While the memory's not too strong, there's a piece of you from a time long gone. So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain, the question we ask is still the same. Is it a treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hello and welcome back to Still vs. Good, a podcast about our childhood memories and if things are good or if they are still here. Is that right? I'm, I mean, it doesn't... It, it sounds Gavin. wrong, but I'm not sure if it is wrong. And I'm works. Sage. And we've nailed another intro. How's it going, <laughs> Gavin? Um, it's going good. Sorry. <laughs> Rewind that back one second. You asked me whatever you just asked me. Uh, how's it going? Oh, it's it's going. Uh, we're coming out of a pandemic, which feels nice, I guess. And uh, I'm remembering how to manage time since I've been in a vacuum of things to do. And now every uh, restful moment feels like something I've done wrong. Is that too real? I don't know what we're talking uh, uh uh, be as as real as you want it to be. Yeah, sometimes I have like more than one obligation in a day, and it's like it's a little nerve wracking. Not gonna lie. Well, it's also frightening not having obligations. Uh, but speaking of obligations, <laughs> I think we, <laughs> I think we should introduce our guest, <laughs> who uh, we're obliged to have with us. Um, is that the right? It was in this her? contract last time. We've got a, a two podcast deal with yeah. uh, Mr. Sean Lynch. Mr. Sean Lynch, how's it going? Pretty good, bitch. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was Freddie. Freddie stopped by uh, as well. No, no. Sorry, I don't know. Sean fell asleep here five minutes ago. <laughs> sorry yeah, it's unfortunate that. when uh, the 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 ghost of a child murderer and burn victim uh, takes over the body of our host and our guest and and speaks through the podcast at us. But you know that yeah, may sorry, happen sorry from time to that. time. I'm, it's I'm you like ninety percent sure it won't happen again. Just uh, pound some more of that hypnosil, and uh, we'll get to it. Um, oh, that's... hypnosil! I've got a lot to say about hypnosil. <laughs> and in case from that mentioning of hypnosil, you didn't realize that we're here to talk about the inception, slash, the slash of the Titan in themselves. Uh, we're here to talk about Freddy versus Jason. That's right. Whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> I believe that is the tagline to Freddy vs. Jason. It, yeah. There's a similar one for ABD. Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> no, that's definitely Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> okay. Is it, I think Slash of the Titans is at least, if not a book about Freddy vs. Jason, might be the tagline to Freddy vs. Jason. Should probably have that it's on. It's definitely the name of the book, which okay. I'm going to be bringing up a lot. <laughs> Speaking of books, I see that everyone except me brought a book to this podcast taping. Can we yeah. go around and do a quick report? Sure. <laughs> uh, well, anybody who knows Freddy versus Jason knows that it was in production hell basically since the 80s when Jason and Freddy were in their, you know, respective franchises and people kept saying, why don't we put them together? For some reason, Michael Myers is never part of those talks. I guess he's just got a shitty agent. Uh, but yeah, Slash of the Titans by Dustin McNeil. It's like a very nerdy and comprehensive account of all the failed drafts, like all the failed attempts to like break that story of merging these two like really different characters into one universe. And uh, what I was telling Sage was 
my big takeaway from this book is thank god they didn't go with any of these other ideas <laughs> think the version of freddy versus jason for all its faults is the best possible version we could have gotten it it is i mean we'll get into it but like it is so hard for me like when i rack my brain trying to put those two titans together it does not click it gets real dumb really fast and what we got was real dumb and really fast but uh yeah the writers um shannon and swift apparently they wrote a huge draft and then david s goyer cut it down and apparently like added a lot of the exposition that is constantly in the movie like reminding you what the plot is about like anytime that freddie goes uh yeah and then i had to scare them with jason to get them to remember me like apparently that's he's saying to his victims yeah as he's getting ready to kill them he's like he reads them the wikipedia you keep forgetting about me (laughs) and whenever he does anything yeah which apparently is all goyer uh i didn't know my boy goyer was in this i'm excited (laughs) (laughs) like i had no idea he was involved in it and he's just been in some of the biggest hits and misses in the last 20 years oh yeah he's fascinating exciting info uh, Gavin, what what book did you bring? Well, and I'm sure like we'll get to this even later in this podcast, but I have Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, the podcast adaptation of the uh, Never Brought to Realization script by Jeff Katzenberg, or Katz? And uh, yeah, I have not read it yet, but um, I'm very excited to, especially after this rewatch. All right. Well, uh, at some point, we'll stop the podcast and have you uh, describe and read it to us in yeah. real time. I've, I've got all three voices down, especially Jason's. Here it is. <laughs> well, that's a good Jason. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear your that's a good, that's a, That is a God good it, podcast really bit. <laughs> uh, welcome to S-Mart, bitch. Oh, that's that's pretty good, and he's doing an Ash bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're slashing savings, bitch. Uh, Jesus Christ. That's, that's a that's a that's a mine that I won't go back into for a while. Anyway. <laughs> well, and and Gavin acted in my short film Dream Warriors, which is oh, yeah. based on the third Freddy movie, which uh, is the movie that coined Hypnocell. Did you realize that? That Hypnosil is a callback to Dream Warriors? Pretty cool. Because no, I've never <laughs> seen Dream Warriors. So Dream Warriors is one that I have to admit, Sean, that I have not seen. I, I watched oh, one, man, you're two, missing out. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And actually, yeah, actually, should we go through? And I, I'm curious, so we'll get to when we first watched this movie, which I know for me was early in <laughs> the iterations of these characters. And I believe Sage as well. And Sean... I'm curious but we'll to know where get you to it later, right, Gavin? Respective franchises. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying let's do it right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's not what uh, said. Well, which part do you want to get into first? Because I've got a crazy story of the first time I saw Freddy vs. Jason. All right, we'll start at Freddy vs. Jason, then we'll walk back. When so, did you uh, first see Freddy vs. Jason, Sean? I saw it in theaters when it came out in 2003. And I saw it with my sister and her friends, and I was the only one who was under 17. And this was a movie theater that definitely carded you. They were like very, I don't know if you remember in the 2000s, they were very, I mean, they might still be this way, but they're very militant about like, you can't get into an R-rated movie without like a guardian there. I've been thrown out of an R-rated movie for sneaking into it after buying PG-13 tickets for sure. So my sister and I, before buying the tickets, 
because our first attempt was that she was just going to buy all the tickets, but that that just didn't. They we got a real like hard ass at the box office. So we cooked up on the fly this cockamamie scheme where I would pose as her twin sibling, and I forgot my ID, and mm-hmm. so I we walked up together. She said, "This is my twin brother. He forgot his ID." And he looks at me and says, what's your birthday? And just like, just like this, I go May 5th, 1986, which is my sister's birthday. But I feel like there's an alternate timeline where I completely blew it. Where you stuttered. I just said my own birthday. And I would not have been able to see Freddy versus Jason in the theater. And, oh, and we had a great time. This is a <laughs> great one to see rom-coms. in the theater with like a bunch of rowdy teens. Like this is, this delivers on that front for sure. I I really wish I'd gotten to have a yeah, that would have been theater nice. experience for this. This would have been great. For me, this was a uh, a stars. Uh, so in high school, I remember we got cable, and I hadn't had cable in the longest time, and we had the Stars Network, and I was constantly taping movies off of it to because I just out of the fear that I wouldn't have. I lived out in the woods uh, in high school, and I was afraid I wouldn't have media anymore. Just like so, I was <laughs> right. grabbing everything I could. I had like. Too Fast, Too Furious, American Pie 2. Like, just whatever was playing on Stars, I had. And, when are, but, what other time are you going to get movies beamed to your television? <laughs> mm-hmm. I was very concerned. Unfathomable. Um, and yeah, so this was one of those. And I, I think I did have it on a VHS with uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which came out around on Stars around the same time, getting that, that Freddy double feature. Um, but yeah, I watched this tape a lot out in the woods by myself. It's also like early, early, uh, early boobies for our, for uh, for for my high school um, consumption. That's a really uncomfortable term to use for that. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, I'm in my 30s. Boobies is just an uncomfortable term at any point. Oh, I'm going boobies. I meant the okay. consumption part of it, like in terms yeah. of consuming media. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just sounds like yeah. you're eating boobies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it makes it sound like you implied this is content, and it's not. <laughs> it's a cinema. So, so Sean, you mentioned that the uh, Freddy vs. Jason got an exposition pass to uh, make it more understandable. Uh, and I would just like to point out, it's not fair to assume everyone seeing Freddy vs. Jason has seen any movies in these franchises. Because <laughs> I fair. did not. This was my first Freddy and or Jason film. Uh, I'm not 100% certain of that because I just watched a lot of stuff all the time growing up. And I may have seen Jason X first. Shout out to Jason X, first of many. <laughs> yeah. Whew, that movie. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Like, this was a huge blockbuster hit in 2003, which was like a summer of, I remember, just a ton of sequels. You know, like there was the Matrix sequels. There was Too Fast, Too Furious. There was Star Terminator Wars. 3. Yeah, there was just like a ton of sequels. And weirdly, like, this was the most satisfying of any of those for me. Bad Boys 2. This was more satisfying than Spider-Man 2? At the time, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Spider-Man 2 is a better movie. I am also uh, sure. (laughs) Hey, you uh, know, why make us choose between our children? Yeah, exactly. They're both beautiful. Um, Yeah, you know, I think... When I say that this is very heavy on exposition, I don't necessarily mean the kind of exposition that's filling you in on, oh, Freddy is this former killer, (laughs) 
uh, that comes to you in your dreams. Like, I think you can pitch the idea of Freddy pretty easily. Well, and we Jason, also get a montage of that right at the beginning. Weirdly, it's Jason yeah. is the one who's more complicated, like, his backstory. Like, it's unclear. Like, he, he's gone through a whole thing in his movies. I mean, I would, I would agree with that, that Jason has a more complicated chronology. Because once you get past, like just who freddy is and the the wacky way that he exists because it's so much more complicated than that aren't most of the movies just like yeah shit's happening on elm street again yeah like freddy has the luxury of always being a part of his own franchise whereas jason was originally dead in the first friday the 13th and was like written into the movies starting in the second one and even from that point it's unclear if he's if he was always dead or if it was a mistake that he was dead, like, they just never bothered to clear that up. And the Jason we recognize doesn't even show up until the third mm-hmm. in his franchise. Like, the hockey mask, which I, I've, again, like, so, I, I was curious to point out, like, the holes in my history of viewing of these franchises. I've definitely seen Friday the 13th. I've seen the one with the copycat killer, which I think is, like, four or five. And then... Um, I think I've seen Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, you skipped the best one, my man. Part six, <laughs> Jason Lives. And when it comes to uh, Nightmare, I've seen the first one, maybe the second one, and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So, like, yeah, just very spotty in terms of me dipping my toes in. It's funny because when I talk about exposition in Freddy vs. Jason, it's less filling you in on the mythology of these series which is already like really messy and kind of changes with every movie but it's more just like reminding you the very basic reason why these two ips have been merged together right which 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 i'll go ahead and pull a freddy right now and tell the the listeners uh freddy krueger wants to get back into the dreams of the children of elm street but they've all forgotten him because the town has like scrubbed him out of their minds and if you don't think about freddy then he he can't hurt you like he feeds off your fear so freddy uh resurrects jason somehow that's the part that's never (laughs) exactly explained this is a new power of freddy's just roll with it so he uses jason to basically instill fear in the town of Springwood, where Freddy is from, so that people will think that Freddy is back. But of course, you can't control Jason. He's an unstoppable killing machine. And so Freddy needs to put this rabid dog down, which is even, I think, a turn of phrase that Freddy uses. It, it is entirely, yes. I am shocked that you can't control Jason. Yeah, exactly. And but which I know sounds a little complicated, but when you have it told you like told to you like 10 or 11 times in dialogue, you, you start to it. feel a little like pandered to like, "Hey, come on, I'm not that dumb." Like I know I'm <laughs> I know I'm in a theater watching Freddy versus Jason, but like cut me a little respect here. And I mean, I I would say the the way that even the um, Freddy raising Jason works for me because the way it works is he enters Jason's dreams because Jason can never really die. That's his mm-hmm. gift, as his mom likes to tell him. And he's spoken to by his dead mom, who Freddy takes the shape of and is like, the children of Springwood have been very naughty. You've got to go punish them. And uh, yeah, that's handled pretty well. They I have. Think. They're off having premarital sex. Yeah, all they need out to be there punished. doing drugs, having premarital sex when they aren't guarding all the uh, 
uh, special needs kids by the lake, which is the, uh, that's the reason that Jason is around, I guess. So <laughs> a few quick points of order. So like, where does this take place in, is this canonical within those franchises? Like they've always existed in the same universe. The canon's very loose. Um, sure. But, but like, does, I would, so obviously... I would say the easy answer to this is um, it takes place after Freddy's Dead, which is uh, the last like canonical Nightmares on Elm Street movie before New Nightmare, which is like a meta thing where the actors which of is... the movies are fighting Freddy. Which is and... a, a proto-scream. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, it takes place after... Jason goes to hell, which is nine, but before okay. Jason X. Obviously, it takes yeah. place before Jason X because this, unless this is on Earth two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I don't think this is set on Earth two, but I'm sure there's a there's a theory out there about that. In twenty four fifty. Yeah. No, because Jason would have like that ridiculous uh, space suit on. Yeah. So, and I think that you know what's funny is uh. They were, they tried, during the production hell for Freddy versus Jason, I think the whole reason they did Jason X was they were worried, like, oh, we've got to make a Jason movie because it's yeah. been too long. It had been already, like, almost a decade since Jason Goes to Hell. So it's like, let's hype him up on Jason with this other movie. And weirdly, that one was the one well, that flopped. You know, if they forget about him, he loses his power, too. So <laughs> got to keep the kids of, 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 the cinema going public scared yeah uh what about you sage uh what's your background with freddy and or jason i mean so they've been omnipresent like i even though i had never seen any of the movies uh except for possibly jason x before i saw freddy versus jason and now i've probably seen like three or four of each of the franchise i couldn't always tell you which ones like, I'm aware of what happens in all these movies. I've had many people in my life just give me, like, all right, four-minute speed round of what happens in every Friday the 13th movie, and it's always fascinating. And I, I was going to get uh, our friend Adam to uh, to record one of those out well. Maybe it'll still still find its way in. <laughs> but, like, it's just fascinating to to just just see an IP milks like this. And it was even fascinating to me just as a teenager. Just like, why are there 10 Jason movies? Yeah. I mean, it's because they were cheap to make and people kept oh, yes. going to see them is the ultimate reason for that. We have a lake and the rights to Jason. <laughs> Let's yep. make a movie. And he, he was like, definitely in terms of omnipresence, just that, I'd say more so than any other slasher to me. He is like the icon, even though I don't think his movies are in general sure. stack up to Freddy's. But like that vision of a man, of a hulking figure with a machete and a hockey mask is unshakable. All the well, the the nightmare movies have like an existential terror that I don't really think is in the Jason movies. Like Jason's closer to to Halloween, which is just oh, like yeah. there's an unstoppable right. killing force who is going to kill you, whether or not he has a reason. And let's make 18 of those movies across those franchises. <laughs> and like a lot of, uh, I feel like that is kind of your slasher mold. And uh, personally growing up and even now, like a lot of slasher movies do not appeal to me. Like I need, I need a hook. I need it to live in your dreams or like, well, sometimes Jason, some sort of purge hook too. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, um, st- you might notice that Jason is invincible in Freddy vs. Jason. That wasn't a thing until the sixth movie when he's struck by lightning and rises That's... from the dead and becomes immortal. That is what uh, I've seen. So just right off the bat, I, like about halfway through is when they started having gimmicks in those movies. Wasn't well, that also literally when it stops being Friday the 13th part whatever, it just becomes Jason in a thing? <laughs> Actually, I think that's when New Line got the rights because oh. okay, so this is this is actually pretty important for the Freddy versus Jason chronology because Jason was always Paramount, Freddy was always New Line, and they were always kind of competing, which was part of the reason that they could never come together uh, because like why would we help each other out? Who's going to have control over what the story is? You know, who's going to be top billed, Freddy or Jason? And uh, it wasn't until after Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> you would think the gimmick in that movie is that he's in Manhattan, but he spends most of that movie on a boat. Uh, it wasn't until after that that Paramount were finally so embarrassed of the series that they sold it to New Line. And that was the point in earnest where they were like, okay, let's figure it out. Um, but yeah, that was the point where it's like, Jason goes to hell. Jason X, Freddy versus Jason, because I guess for some reason they didn't get the rights to the title Friday the 13th. That was still oh, that with real? some other dude. Oh, no. Yeah. And it like wasn't until the reboot that they were able to, to use that title again. So, man, we need Freddy to come in and start explaining this stuff to us multiple oh, times throughout well, the podcast. Well, the year was 2003, <laughs> bitch. Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> uh new metal <laughs> yeah that that is that's an I, I love so much about this movie and i will admit that the new metal kind of works but man i never like hearing it 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 <laughs> immediately isolates it in time and it's yeah. also only like one song and we then also the credits get... like it's i thought there'd be five times as much new metal in this movie i kind of also... like it when it's trapped into sort of a time capsule yeah. because like that's what's really like very charming about the friday the 13th movies is because they came out every year 80 81 82 83 it's like <laughs> oh i get to see like how fashion changed throughout the 80s it's so, basically like, boyhood yeah exactly it's boyhood uh <laughs> with murder and we also get like the uh, the corn corn maze rave, uh, which is very much a time and a place in my school. Oh yeah, that's uh, like the iconic set piece of the movie. I feel like is the hold, is is that 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 like in I mean in terms in terms of Jason scenes for sure. Yeah. Did you have a corn rave? I I never got a corn rave. No, but I knew like they were things that I consciously was like. I don't want to do ecstasy. <laughs> you don't want to hang out with that cool glow stick date raping oh, guy. Yeah, oh, I, that was the thing I kind of forgot about. Is there's a little bit, not a little bit. There's more rape, rape centric stuff in this movie than I remembered. And homophobia. It was the eighties. And, and a little, little bit of homophobia and some racism. Sure. Yep. Sure. All, sure. All, pre- like, yeah. They just kind of shoved it right in at the end there with that stuff. Which I think is actually Goyer. Like, the uh, Swift and Shannon have distanced Slander. themselves from that. Slander. <laughs> well, I want to... So, I, really quickly. So, 2003, that makes me 14, I guess? Checks Are out. We all, and I think I we're all confirm. around the same age, but... Um, <laughs> I think we we're all so, yeah, within we months were, of each other, yeah. <laughs> we were, like, the right age. This, this does feel like the right age, even though I missed it in theaters. Um, 
I don't know. That's all. I wanted to put a time and place on it. So this is 2003. I was about to go to high school. That and, sounds uh, right. Yeah. This is this is the summer between 8th and ninth grade. For me. I was also moving. which So I had moved to the woods and had to make a new group of friends. Did you and, move to Crystal Lake? You know, yeah. That would have made this pretty personal. Yeah. No, it was it was a scary time. They, they, all the legends were uh, being told to me, but I, I didn't believe him. You know, he hadn't shown his face in five years, and uh, the uh, children of of uh, Sebastopol had forgotten. You and had to make set. them remember. And when Sean, where that? are you in two thousand three? I was between 8th and ninth grade, and I'd, I'd seen most of the movies, like, on VHS. I was a pretty big fan, um, and was pretty hyped up about this movie. And you were in Visalia, I think is what I was in Visalia, yeah. Yeah. Which is near Fresno, in case... <laughs> Somewhere between <laughs> Fresno and Bakersfield. Alright, well, thank you for not making me look that up and being disappointed later. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, more slander. Oh no, it's all right. We pretty much uh, the only thing we had to look forward to was um, Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason raves. and corn raves. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to a corn rave? You know, I definitely went to a party in a cornfield, but it was not a rave. That's that's good. That's fun. Uh, yeah, I would say better, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But that is that is some judgment from me. Uh, yeah. I like and, and, and I take it no flaming, hulking mass of uh, angry hockey hockey goalie uh, stumbled into the party and started murdering people. <sighs> Not while I was remember. there. That yeah. might have been the after party. That was that's one of my favorite uh, throwaway. There's there's some great throwaway jokes in this movie and. Man, someone really pissed off that goalie. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I like how there's literally a Jay and Silent Bob stand-in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, they asked Jason, it was just like, if he has any pigs to fuck. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Jethro, this is a rave, not a Halloween party. Why don't you go find yourself a pig to fuck? <laughs> yeah, invite only corn poke, and you weren't invited. Son of a bitch. You know, one of the Jeff crazy Rowe. things, when this movie came out, I remember it got, like, pretty trashed by critics. But, you know, when you look back on it, it's it really is one of those things where, like, man, people didn't know what they had when they had it. Because you got Robert England coming <laughs> mm-hmm. back as Freddy. We're yep. never going to have that again. Like, it's just never going to happen again. You like, know. Has he said he'll never come back? Or I mean, I don't know what's going on with the rights for those movies, and you know, it's just he's he's getting up there in years. He's yeah. even said so himself. But it's like, uh, yeah, Is we he... didn't get Kane Hodder back as Jason, who's like the fan favorite, and there's like there's like a lot of online about that. But I think their reasoning behind getting someone who towers over Robert England was like actually a really good idea. It really is like this David and Goliath imagery. And it's just like well shot. It's shot on thirty five millimeter. It looks great, and it's like there's like money in production value. It, in is, this thing. it is a it is a good looking movie. Yeah. It is yeah, like yeah. this is what this is what nineties horror should look. Or well, I guess two thousands, but this is what that those two decades of horror should look. Yeah, like. the like crushed blacks and like yeah. the like the it just like looks great. That vibrant blue, those uh-huh. vibrant blue nights. Yeah. All the stuff in the like boiler room looks great. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like 
now I feel like this movie would have a $3 million budget and be shot on an iPhone. <laughs> and I fully expected well. it to just have like twice the budget of Jason X. It was very surprised to find it as a real movie. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that was a rare case where it's like Jason X flopped. The rap on it was it kind of looked cheap. And instead of slashing the budget, they were like, oh, okay, well, we got to pump up the budget for the next one so it doesn't look cheap. Like, good call. Well, it's the, the idea of, like, you were, you're not trying to save money in production. You're trying to make something of value. And that's, mm-hmm. like, that's really what they delivered. I, I love, I, and, like, to get into some specifics of that, too, like, this is one of my favorite versions of entering Freddy's nightmare. Every time in this movie is done so well in the corn maze specifically, like uh, she stumbles into the silo that slowly turns into um, the, the, the furnace room and the transitions are all so good. It's the same, like uh, in the bathroom when um, one of the characters happens upon his dead brother in the bathtub the, those lines are so blurred in a way that, like, I know it happens. That, that's a trope of the series, but they feel so well done here. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. And the CG is not terrible, except for <laughs> one thing that we can talk about later. <laughs> I mean, the, the CG budget could have used an overhaul or just more practical, because uh, all these things would have looked good in 2003, except for I, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> there's there's a certain there's a certain moment. <laughs> yeah. Is it a... Is it a caterpillar moment? I think. Yes. <laughs> so, did did Sean give our summary basically like 10, I, 15 minutes? Ago? I, I We're very so. off format, and I'm trying to find my way back in. No, um, we, in the spirit of Freddy, I could give it again, again okay. or no, a few no, no, no. times throughout the show. <laughs> uh, I guess one thing we didn't mention is the main character is Lori. She is a virgin. Uh, her friends tease her about it, and um, it is her house. She lives at the house of like the early nightmare on Elm street movies. And her dad is a doctor who may be involved in the cover up, And that's really about it. Her, her boyfriend who disappeared is one of the people who was interacting with Freddie in an earlier movie. Those people have all basically been quarantined and put on this drug that suppresses dreams, hypnosil, and yeah, this is kind of the story of Freddy coming back into the consciousness of everyone in a town that forgot him or was forced to forget him through a little help from our friend Jason. Yeah. And as far as contrived plots to get two characters to fight goes, that's a lot better than say Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. I mean, or most of those, I would say it's not as good as like, hey, we found a pyramid under the ice. I was going to say, that, that remains the best way to team up characters is you know, both, versus Predator. Both, both of those movies, like I, I rewatched like this summer for, for very different reasons. Uh, and they're... Alien versus Predator works so much better now. Where it's like, yeah, they're in Antarctica. This is actually the movie I wanted. I don't know what I would like expect to get out of that. I will say though, in Freddy versus Jason's defense, it's like, yeah, these Freddy and Jason are both slashers in the way that Alien and Predator are both aliens. But the worlds between Freddy and Jason, I think, are far greater, just because a virtue of like. Freddy talks, Jason doesn't. Freddy is yeah. in your dreams, Jason isn't. Like they're like tonally and just like 
always budget wise nightmare was like a much more polished series like putting these mm-hmm. together is a lot easier said than done and as we'll hear in these log lines that i want to read to you at some point like thank god we got this version because it could have been way way worse well they tr- and they turned that contrast into a strength i would mm-hmm. argue like freddy works great with jade like they work great together and in a way that like if it was jason versus michael myers i don't know what that what what the what the real exciting thing there is yeah i yeah totally you put they're, a body count, similar yeah you put like maybe a counter in the bottom right and count bodies but i, I don't know yeah you know i will say it's more of a nightmare movie than a friday movie but i think that's just kind of a virtue of i think it should be it should yeah. be yeah and you know that being said jason has a huge body count and freddie kills one person so i think that's kind of how they balance it out <laughs> is like freddie gets the mythology and jason gets the kills and i think that yeah. that's a pretty good compromise this is where you drop in that no she was mine <laughs> that was my kill bitch yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing that this movie was going to come out and like I just assumed it'd be like they're fighting over who gets to kill the kids and I was right yeah yeah <laughs> I don't As know if Jason be. knows that that's why he's fighting <laughs> but that's why Freddy's fight yeah Jason is basically an automaton but it was mm. also smart to make Jason the more sympathetic of the two like I feel like even that was kind of in flux like we the audience are supposed to be rooting for Jason yeah. and I think that that's just like we're supposed to be rooting for the Predator in AVP. Like, I think that right. that was the smart call to make. Or because... I think we're rooting with Kong and Godzilla versus Kong for the most part. Even that's um, kind of muddy, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's always muddy, but I really love that they're on Jason's side. But also, like, we got to watch it because Jason will just turn and kill us Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keeping the threat of Jason is important, for sure. Yeah. Because Freddy's irredeemable is his problem. It's like... yeah. He is a child murderer. Yeah, Jason was a victim. They didn't have to make him a pedophile. (laughs) Yeah, Jason was a victim, and Freddy is a victimizer. I think is the is the big difference. We talked. We've kind of danced around the the leading to the production of this. So, when was this first? To your to your knowledge, when was this first um, brought up as a thing that could exist? What what movies was this supposed to follow? Um, You know, it was in the eighties, and I'd say around. 86 87 jason was on the decline and nightmare was just like hitting its stride like nightmare mm-hmm. was like the a-list slasher of the 80s by that point and jason was like clearly just desperate to regain relevance and so that's why like paramount was like desperately trying to get they were the ones new line out. on board yeah and they're like basically like no no thanks thanks but no thanks and so i think if you look at the series part seven is basically jason versus carrie like he's fighting a telepathic girl and it's explicitly supernatural in a way that the series hadn't really been up to that point and it's Hmm. it feels like a nightmare movie so there's a lot of speculation that that script at one time was like an early like hey if we can get the rights to freddy let's do it but if not let's just sub freddy with this girl who's basically carrie um so i would say that's the earliest iteration but officially it wasn't until new line bought the rights and both of them were under the same roof in the early 90s yeah i'm trying to think like freddy versus halloween because new line did own halloween 
That that's been a Halloween series, isn't it? That was a that, that's Mulan bounced series. around a lot. It was um the first Halloween was independent, then it was at Universal, then it was like Dino De Laurentiis, oh. and then it was Dimension. So that's been all over the place, and I think it's back at Universal now. Okay. Oh, slash Blumhouse. Um, but yeah, that wasn't a New Line one. I think that there was one other major series that New Line had, but the two big ones were always. Like, starting with the 90s, Freddy and Jason. So it was really just a matter of time. And in fact, uh, Jason Goes to Hell actually ends with Freddy's claw coming out of the dirt and grabbing the mask. I remember that. And that was, like, a big thing. Like, oh, that must be happening next year. And instead it was, like, over ten years later that that (laughs) happened. (laughs) With no reference to that scene. Yeah. Having watched them on stars, they seemed instantaneous, but uh <laughs> between like the movies you grew up with and blind spotting, I think you officially talk more about stars than any other human that I personally know, Gavin. <laughs> I think the action uh, boys talk about it a lot if you listen to that podcast. I don't personally know the action boys. We'll have to have them on to talk about <laughs> well, stars. But um, I'm going to go ahead and just give you an unsolicited logline from the first official draft of Freddy vs. Jason, okay? So you guys, are the, you guys are the executives at New Line, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm the, 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 the young up-and-coming writer who who's, was tasked with breaking this story. I think I've got it, guys. Here's, here it is. A psycho cult kidnaps a young girl to marry Freddy Krueger so that he can be reborn in reality and take over our world. The girl's sister and her friends team with an ex-cultist to resurrect Jason in hopes he will defeat Freddy and the cult. Um, if, let's if give this remove, man three blades. <laughs> if, you, if you remove Freddy and Kruger, Freddy Krueger and Jason from that, there's parts of that sound almost fun. Does it sweeten yeah. the deal if I tell you Freddy isn't in most of the movie and the Ooh, main antagonist no. is the head of the Freddy cult? Who's just a dude? No, that is not. <laughs> is, it a, sounds, is it a dude uh, in a flesh mask? Does it sweeten sort of the deal face? if also Jason is barely in it? I'm starting to be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is one of those lack of faith pitches. Oh boy! I'll show myself out. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll let the next pitch in in a moment here. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna need the script for Blade on my desk by Monday. <laughs> uh, that's a nice tease. I'm very excited to do a lot of those later. I want to talk about my favorite thing when I'm watching older older movies I grew up on, uh, which it's weird to call a 2003 movie an older one, but I'm, I'm more referring to like... It the, was the, over the, half your lifetime ago. That's true. No, that's actually not true. Oh, God, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> but like the Nightmare movies, Friday the 13th, your Leprechauns and everything, like almost every movie will have someone moderately famous that you didn't catch it when you watched it as a kid because they weren't famous yet. Totally. Uh, this movie's got a couple of those. No one like really blew up from this movie, but I did not remember that Jason Ritter <laughs> is in this movie playing like the the survival victim and gavin's already shaking his head looking up jason ritter this happens every time i don't know who any but none of these people are famous to me 
Uh, Jason Ritter's like someone that Hollywood just keeps trying to make happen yeah. for years. It'll show up in TV shows mostly. Like he is one of the incredible cast of another period, just playing like the ear, the uh, the heir to some chemical fortune in in the 1900s. Well, and Kelly he... Rowland from Destiny's Child is yeah. pretty crazy. I wasn't done. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a there's a child of destiny in this movie. Who's given the worst line in the movie, which we can talk about yeah. later. Yeah. Which I mean, which one are you talking about? Well, uh, she gets to be homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> oh right. I um, mean, is is <laughs> she's the only one that gets to be homophobic? <laughs> right before yeah. getting murdered. It was uh, in her. <laughs> if you're a fan of the movie uh, Ginger Snaps, Catherine Isabel is in this. She went on to do a bunch of good stuff. Uh, she's Gib, who gets killed in the cornfield. Yes. <laughs> and uh, my personal favorite, Chris Marquette, who is not a name that I expected anyone to know, but he plays like the the best friend on on Barry. Uh, and he'll show up in things every now and then as one of like eight actors that I like had to look up because I didn't know where I knew that guy from. Same with like the dad. Um, the Lachlan dad Monroe is on uh, Riverdale. If you watch that oh. show, yeah, that's what everyone kept uh, pointing out to me. Actually, <laughs> oh, and you you pointed out a pretty Jake famous Busey. person that has a walk on role. Sage, did I? Evangeline Lilly from oh, Lost. Yes. So that's how I knew that this must have been shot in um, in Canada <laughs> is because in the background of uh, just a high school sequence where she's uh, explaining, oh, and there was this guy with burnt face in my nightmare <laughs> and someone else sings it in the background is just uh, Kate from Lost or more famously the Wasp. What are you uh, talking she's... about, Lori? <laughs> <laughs> this is a very Canadian movie. But, like, no, in the background of this, as just an extra, is an Avenger. <laughs> By far the most famous person in the movie just is on, oh, and some some very fun film school stuff. She's on both sides of that conversation in the background. The camera flips around and she's in the back of the other side. Tells me they did not That's have enough extras. It. I've been there. Yeah. That's, well, where are you going to find actors in Vancouver? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, just change out the shirt. You're good. So that's actually the moment. And, you know, so so this movie may not have a Johnny Depp or a Kevin Bacon or a, isn't Jennifer Aniston in, like, the first Leprechaun? Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, first Leprechaun. Courtney Cox has got one of these stories, I think. She's in Scream. Even, well, no, pre-Scream wasn't. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. Like, a lot of these franchises will start out and have someone very famous, whether they became famous because of these. Like I do the, keep wishing that the cop in this was David Arquette. He's playing so close. He basically to... is. Yeah. He's slightly yeah, he's more competent so than Dewey, I would say. Although he doesn't survive, so maybe he isn't as competent as Dewey. Yeah. Spoilers. I'm sorry. I mean, we, we already summarized. <laughs> I don't know why in my head, but like I just I meant for Scream in my in my head. David oh. Arquette always dies in the movie, and then I watch it, I'm like, oh right, no, he's in all of these. I just don't like David Arquette very much. Blasphemy. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I guess that um, means Jason Ritter's the most famous person in this movie who is not famous for only playing Freddy Krueger. <laughs> well, it's also crazy because this is the same director uh, as Bride of Chucky, which is also like a oh. hit revival of a long dormant series. And uh, in that movie, his dad... Um, God, I'm blanking on his dad's name. 
Chuck uh, John Ritter. Thank you. Oh. Uh, his John Ritter plays a cop in Bride of Chucky, which is pretty crazy. Ronnie Yu has has directed two generations of Ritters. Uh, more importantly, like this is the guy who did Jet Li's Fearless, which is a good movie. <laughs> Uh, so I enjoyed this. one of those movies so a lot more than the other, <laughs> I will say. I want to talk about the leads in this movie a little bit. Some of, Just some of the performances. Because there are some to me that I, I really like the acting in this movie. Yeah, totally. The lead is a really weird performance. Uh, Lori, I, and I don't know what it is. It feels like it's the direction. But she is like at 90% confusion for most of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> she Ronnie never... Yu, I will say great director of action great director when it comes to like spatial geography you always know where yeah. you are not, yeah. does Which not speak English like a nightmare sequence does not speak English as far as I know <laughs> makes yeah that, 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 that checks out or maybe he speaks. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, slander well, the guy. Maybe he speaks some English, but I think that's problem, clear dude? in the performance. You just have David Goyer deal with all the language stuff. Mm-hmm. If you could drop like ten more gay slurs in this scene, bro, <laughs> I'm working on the Batman Begins script. That's my David Goyer impression. Well, I don't know if you've seen a little movie called Blade Trinity. <laughs> well, that's oh, got some of the best one-liners of any movie. Oh that, God. Uh, I'm not even going to repeat here. <laughs> That's one I have not been able to revisit since I saw it. Unlike most vampires, her fangs are between her legs. I yeah. feel like that's the one I can get away with saying. Unfortunately, we're like obligated to watch that at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> That'll be our 10th anniversary episode. <laughs> Uh, I also, one of my favorite performances in this, and like, because it is a linchpin for the story actually too, is is it Will's friend from the psych hospital who like does like go pretends he's even crazier to steal the um steal the keys to break out of the psych ward thus really starting this movie because he starts spreading the infection of fear back into springwood Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that performance is amazing that dude is like the like i would say the only person in this movie that's like acting acting like it is not besides robert but it is believable sure yes yeah well, you guys just covered uh, you guys just covered Twelve Monkeys with Vague yeah. Zone, and I was I get a lot of like Brad Pitt and Twelve Monkeys yeah. vibes from that performance. I think that he like literally studied that performance. He he pulled. Now it I off. just really want Brad Pitt in a nightmare movie. <laughs> and then you've got like Will, who I would say is one of the weaker performances. He just yeah, the leads are just like kind of boring characters. Yeah. I like I like Lori in a lot of ways. She's very fun. Will looks like he's about to break at all times, kind of. I think he's just like understands the joke a little too much. There's just like yeah. this resting smile that's weird. He really needs to. He also to take... looks like a bad guy. Yeah, me. he does. Like, he looks for sure. raw. He looks yes. evil. <laughs> I mean, he looks like a man who hasn't slept in ten years. <laughs> sure. Okay. You know, hey, you, you sold it. Story wise, we're there. He I'm hasn't had on. a dream. Uh, dreams may or may not be important for rest. I think the we key really don't to, know yet, I, don't think. I think the key to giving a good performance in one of these movies is you have to keep a straight face. You can't wink at the yeah. camera. Right. Uh, because I mean, even in this like post scream self knowing era, I think the performances that really work uh, hold on, a train's going by. <laughs> by your own standing then, um, 
Robert England did not give a good performance because he does wink at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, Freddy gets a little room to do that. I'm talking about the right. like human characters. Like, uh, like for example, I mean, that performance you're just talking about, uh, Will's friend, I can't think of the character's name. Like, he's taking this situation really seriously. Like, the yeah. suicide of his brother, uh, played by the kid from A Christmas Story. That's another famous cameo. Uh, the bully from Christmas Story, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guy who, who looks like uh, Sabretooth from the X-Men. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he is Sabretooth from the X-Men. Uh, are you talking about Mark? Yeah. It's not Sabretooth from the X-Men. That performance, you're right, is just like so earnest and so yeah. winning. Um, whereas I the, feel the like stoner, the, the weaker ones... believe. Yeah. Well, one, okay, so one sequence of one performance I really wanted to shout out is uh, Chris Marquette, who's the, the brother on Barry, and he plays Lindemann in this in this movie. Mm-hmm, he's just mm-hmm. like a high school nice guy. And he's not always firing on, but like his death near the end where he's just like... I'll be fine, just keep going. That worked really well for me. And I, I see Gavin shaking his head and get to throw a wet blanket on it. Well, he's just, that's a little bit of a painful trope, I feel like. Uh, right, and that's why he did better than other versions of that that I've seen, and that's what I'm shouting out. I've seen, there's, so I watched all the deleted scenes for this movie afterwards, too, to try and find the, uh, Hot the alternative damn. ending. And, um, Wait, you own this the, movie? <laughs> Oh, we, well, I have assumed we all did. Taped off stars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I only own Jason X. I found the deleted scenes on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, there's... So, in the extended version of that scene, Kelly Rowland comes back and kisses him on the cheek and says, you better, serve, you better be here when I get back because I'm going to kick your ass uh, if you tell anybody about this kiss. And I'm just like, this is so fucking painful. I'm so glad they cut this. Yeah. There's a, I will say, like, watching the deleted scenes, every single one of them, I'm so glad they deleted. This is such a, like, a trimmed, like, perfect movie in terms of the way it moves. Aside from maybe some of the exposition. That's your uh, jacket that pull quote, right? A trimmed, perfect movie. <laughs> the, the pull quote is just going to say, a perfect movie, Gavin Murray. <laughs> a dot, 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 perfect movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the ending, just to get to it real quick since we're on it, um, it the movie, uh, the original ending is Laurie and Will sleeping together for the first time. And uh, part of the way through, uh, she goes, Will, you're hurting me. And then he goes, something, something, bitch. And then his hands <laughs> grow claws. He literally <laughs> says something, something, bitch. So to be clear, her first time having sex, she fell asleep. Yeah. All right. I'm really glad they did not use that ending. Because Jason coming out of the water and the head winking, that's great. That's exactly what you want. It's like they kind of both win, but Jason won. I guess so. I mean, I don't think I need any, like, uh, stinger at the end of this movie. It could just end. Disagree. Well, (laughs) and there's a whole philosophical debate to be had about the meaning of that last shot. Like, are we in Jason's dream? Because in the real world... Freddy would not be able to wink as a severed head. So maybe Freddy won. Are you sure? Yes. Maybe this whole thing was inside a dream. The whole rules around Freddy is if you pull him out of the dream, he's then vulnerable. Like, that's uh, that's canon since the first movie. Yep. So, makes me think that Freddy actually won. He needs his his lungs and everything. Because, I don't don't, don't know if it's like some zombie rules. I don't know if he's going to be able to, like, have his corpse, like 
come back. I guess that's Deadpool rules and grab his head and like they put it back on and he's gonna be alike, fine. Yeah. Or uh, is he just is he just cursed to be a severed head and uh, and suffer? Either way, he's laughing about it. Yeah, and that's, that's what matters. <laughs> if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. It's just, true. Uh, especially if it's murdering children. Especially if it's murdering children. Well, you could put that on the I, DVD cover too. <laughs> <laughs> um, this did cap off both those respective series uh, before they did reboots. Yeah. Um, which I've also which, never seen any of those. No, I mean honestly, this movie, I didn't feel those. I didn't feel like I needed more. <laughs> this is what I wanted out of these series. I'm sure I'll go back at some point, but probably just. I don't, the reboots didn't seem like they've gotten the praise that the original series got. And, you know, for, which is interesting considering that, especially with the, um, especially with the Friday movies, like you were saying, Sean, they take a while to kind of figure out what they are and they just keep trying things, which I'm sure is part of the magic of that series. So I don't know what the reboot looks like. I'm sure he's wearing the hockey mask in it. In one of those movies, doesn't someone become Jason by eating Jason's heart? Is that a thing? It's Jason goes to hell. Okay. <laughs> that was the one where the producers were like, let's do another Jason movie, but I don't want to see the hockey mask. <laughs> Which is another case of the producers like not really understanding the appeal of their own franchise. Man, it's like... I haven't watched 10 of these movies because I don't need to. Like, I would just get way too fatigued. Uh, I say this as someone who just rewatched all the Fast and Furious movies in preparation for I find those much more fatiguing. These are all, like, tight 85 minute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just, like, every third one in that franchise is good, which is maybe what it is for the other ones. I know, like, me personally, like... My my perfect, like, Freddy and Jason would just be, like, there's a trilogy of each of them, and then they fight each other. I'm like, cool, I could commit to all of those. I mean, you could definitely make a trilogy out of each of those. <laughs> I could I could give you the highlights. Uh, oh, my God. Can you condense yeah, the saga do, do, into, do like, right must-watch? Okay, here, here you go. Freddy, you do, not including Freddy versus make Jason. Make me watch as few movies as possible to understand what's going on. Okay. Freddy, I would say one in three with the option for New Nightmare. I think those three right. are a great trilogy. They've all got Heather Langenkamp, who's the original lead. Uh, Jason's a little trickier because, like, your mileage will vary. Like, do you like more funny Jason? Do you like full-on horror Jason? I would... Do you have a movie, if I wanted to watch uh, Jason uh, grab a girl's head and put it in a tub of liquid nitrogen and then shatter it on the counter? You sound like a Jason X guy to me. Okay. Let me, we, let me let me show you do a few models on our lot. <laughs> Let's get you in a Jason X today. What if I want to watch uh, Jason X be uh, revived by a... I've kind of tipped my hand here. I think this is Jason X, but continue. <laughs> I don't think you've seen and, any uh, of the Nightmare movies. So. And I want him or, to I mean, the, fight uh, an android who is doing way too many flips and uh, side shooters. Um, I think that's Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, I think is what you're referring to. Um, but seriously, for Jason, I'd say two, four, six. I think two, you get four, six. you get Baghead Jason and kind of the origin sure. of, and two is probably the only one that's like legitimately suspenseful in any way. Four is like you get Corey Feldman in there, little little pre Goonies Corey Feldman fighting Jason. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, four is just kind of like a mixtape of all the stuff you would want from a Jason movie. It's also called the final chapter, which is ironic because they did what, like eight <laughs> more after that. Which one is the one with Chris and Glover dancing? That's also four. Okay, and which one is the one where Jason kills a pilot as it's about to dock with a space station, killing millions of people? I believe that is um, the reboot. (laughs) No, that's also Jason X. Uh, No, 246, Jason Lives Part 6 is my favorite because that's where they really embrace, like, this is campy and over-the-top and crazy. Let's resurrect him with lightning. Let's have... Uh, let's just like pull out all the stops and deliver the craziest possible Jason movie at least before this came out <laughs> I do remember him being electrocuted back to life and because is someone trying to dig him up to stab him some more when he gets yes. electrocuted <laughs> uh, the grown version of Corey Feldman's character is trying to do that basically so, for therapy yeah so I so, missed it, but, like, is the first Friday the 13th actually, like, essential viewing for the franchise? Um, so the first Friday movie is actually the story of... It's it's Jason's mom murdering people? Yes. Uh, Which is because, a spoiler, because that's a whodunit. Uh, right, but I think if, you, but, if you've seen this movie, you know that already. Yeah, and that's why his mom is such a critical part of this series, is because she is the voice of wrath about the camp counselors not watching kids, not doing their jobs and protecting the young, innocent kids, which includes Jason. That's why he's a victim. Which they retcon a little bit in this, I think. Like, they make his camp experience look horrible. Yeah. Whereas I feel like it's more on the mom, not watching her son swimming in the lake, who apparently can't swim. But I don't know. So what was everyone's favorite moments in Freddy vs. Jason? I think it's got to be the corn rave, even though Freddy is not. Well, I mean, I guess if you include the whole like, it's cross cut. Yeah, yeah. it's cross cut. Yeah. I, I think that, that that has to be it because I, as a Jason fan, like he, he's always picking them off one at a time. You never really see him just hack through a ton of people like that. Like that's crazy. Like that. That's yeah. like something that we've been waiting for a long time, and it's it's fulfilled well, and it's fulfilled beautifully. And to paint that picture a little bit, not only is he like coming into a corn rave and hacking and slashing, but after he kill, he spins a jock's head around. The other guy covers him in lighter fluid, lights him on fire, and then we watch him slowly walk through a corn maze on fire with the machete and hurl it through a guy's stomach before continuing to take out like just a number. <laughs> that that shot made me like check and look up if this movie had been released in 3D <laughs> cuz he is like running <laughs> towards camera and then the machete bursts through. I'm like, "Huh." If it had come Lord out Tom 5 Tom. years later, it absolutely would have been. <laughs> it would have been my my bloody valentine. Like Well, and and but like also Jason 3 or uh, Fri- um man, Friday the 13th part 3 too fast, too was was a 3D movie. So Jason oh, yeah. has a history of 3D movies. Three okay. is like the worst offender in terms of like, here's a shot of a yo-yo coming at the screen. No, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, weirdly, the end of uh, Freddy's Dead, which is Nightmare 6, the characters go, put on these 3D glasses and they, they can become anything in the dream. And that's your cue, the audience, no. to put on your 3D glasses for just like the last 20 minutes of Love the movie. It, it is bad. It is really bad. 
Um, that's probably like my favorite part of this movie too. Like it's definitely the ending is very fun. We get a lot of explosions telegraphed. Um, I want to give a little, little shout out to like a very awkward and fun scene, which is, so they have drugged, um, Jason. He is dreaming on the, in the, in the back of a van. They're all sitting around him terrified, but deciding they need to drive him to Camp Crystal Lake to either give him the hometown advantage when he fights Freddy in the real world or and or uh, stop him from, you know, going home while leaving an even larger body count. But when when and he's also afraid of water because he drowned in the first movie, it's a thing that they say a lot that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes he's uh, afraid of water. Sometimes he's yeah. waiting under the lake to pop out. Yeah, and sure. grab that's, someone yeah. While that's on a probably boat. the most egregious retcon. But whatever. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Freddy's yeah. afraid of fire, right? And that, uh, like, so there's a way to like put them together. I think they even say that in dialogue. How can yes, we use yeah, that? <laughs> How can we use that? It's like they um, accidentally put the whiteboard from the writers' room into the <laughs> dialogue of the movie. They yeah. just grabbed the the whiteboard from uh, a quiet place. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to shout out the moment where uh, Jason is drowning in his dream and starts mm-hmm. spewing out water in the real world, and they're mm-hmm. just like, "Well, I guess we're gonna have to give him mouth to mouth." Yes. <laughs> and and um, uh, the the nerdy guy's like, "I have asthma. I'm out. I'm sorry." <laughs> and Kelly Rowland's like, "Are you?" Are you fucking kidding me? I've had asthma since I'm six. I don't have the lung capacity. <laughs> I she feel like someone to... with asthma could give mouth to mouth. <laughs> Sage, do you have a favorite scene in Freddy vs. Jason? Uh, fuck yes, I do. It's the same one I remember from when I was 15. And it is, got your nose. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's everything I want in a nightmare. Especially if you're introducing like a, a not powerful enough Freddy. It's just like, what if... Uh, a Destiny's Child was just looking at uh, getting a nose job, and then Freddy came out of a magazine and <laughs> ripped yeah. off her nose while saying, got your the, nose. One of the few, like, well, I guess there's a couple of them, but Freddy is always doing, like, bits that are related yeah. to the person's interests, like, yes. especially in the later Nightmare movies, and there isn't, like, a ton of that in this, I think, because they're merging well, both the of them. S- the stoner boy is is uh, haunted oh, by a, That's ca- true. a CGI caterpillar. A la Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, we can't wrap out without talking about that sequence. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> is that also what you were talking about earlier? About like, all the CGI is good, except for maybe this yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. I will say, also, on those deleted scenes, most of them are bad CGI. And they just <laughs> like started cutting out CGI. Because like, whatever studio we hired isn't, do- isn't, up, isn't not up to snuff. Will's best friend is like vomiting CGI uh, uh, leeches for a little while. <laughs> I think Will or someone else gets like folded up into a ball, a la Space Jam, Michael Jordan. <laughs> There's some really, really Check bad uh, CGI cut out of this movie. And again, great choice. <laughs> Did it not usually it. is. The, the the Freddy Caterpillar thing is like so out of this world. It also like immediately shows that like, okay, this is a dream sequence. This isn't like a drug yeah. sequence in that weird period in like the 90s and early 2000s was just like we'll just have people trip on marijuana <laughs> right this is definitely the least it's subtle C-things. of the uh freddy yeah. entrances to nightmares yeah yeah i'm surprised it didn't cut to like a homeless person who just like looks down at his uh his uh, <laughs> glass of whiskey and puts it away <laughs> yeah 
it has that vibe about it for sure. Yeah. I think Freddy had a harder time than usual with this group of kids because only two of them really had a thing. There was a plastic <laughs> surgery girl and there was a stoner guy. There wasn't like a comic book artist or mm-hmm. a aspiring Olympic diver or other like things that he could, you know, workshop a bit around. Like, like what's Lori's thing? You know, what's... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Well, I guess the brother, that was sort of a bit. Yeah. Fucked up bit. <laughs> it's like, ha ha, your brother committed suicide. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Uncool, Freddy. That's all I'm saying. We expected more from you, Kruger. <laughs> Low blow. Also, love really quick that they get to use each other's weapons. Yes. That they each mm-hmm. get a turn yeah. with home court advantage in the dream world and at Crystal Lake. Like, they kind of just go down the list and check off everything that you would want in a Freddy versus Jason movie, which is, I think, why it is successful. Like, yeah. it's a real crowd pleaser. I mean, it whoa, does, whoa. Uh, at the I end of the Sean day, it does successful. have a sequence where Jason stabs Freddy with his own arm. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. That's pretty much my entire Freddy vs. Jason checklist. What else did um, you want from a movie called Freddy vs. Jason? And I mean, to like this day, only... it's the most profitable movie in either franchise, which is pretty crazy. It's not surprising. Um, I mean, the only <laughs> things I would really massage that would improve this movie in my mind, um, which you may even disagree with, I think like a lot of the characters are just like a little bit too tropey right down to like the boyfriend of the first suit is like babe don't make me ask twice it was like all right so you're a dick and you're gonna die but like and that kind of goes through the whole thing is just but i also know that the tropiness of these characters is so important to these franchises i'll let that go i would like maybe one more sequence where jason steals a kill from freddy because it's just the one and it's like all right well now we have to fight to the death and like I think another part of know. it though is like now they see like oh it's not Freddy he's like kind of blowing up his spot like with something as high yeah. profile as the rave I think that that's kind of Freddy's bigger beef with him is like you're not doing a good job impersonating me like I don't show up at cornfields <laughs> and kill oh, twenty I don't show people. up at cornfields so is, is Freddy's plan that specifically supposed to make people afraid of Freddy and remember because yeah. I thought yeah. it was just he wants like to get a good buzz going he wants people talking and it is kind of working you know I mean yeah. it's definitely helped by from the hospital and telling everybody that it's Freddy He's definitely yeah. how, how exactly are they keeping Freddy a secret like at this franchise uh, among Elm Street? Because there's so many people living there who just have no idea that like, yeah, like eight kids die every two years while they're sleeping. Well, well they go into <laughs> this in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so he only have targets an answer, teens. But it doesn't work for me. For one, he only targets teens. So like, I guess presumably once you hit 20, you're or maybe even earlier, maybe even once you go to college, you're safe. Okay. Uh and then they they basically diag- they gave hypnocell to presumably every kid in the town, <laughs> which is crazy. That uh, that must is be Freddy, like, like Pfizer got that deal or something. They just, they just put it in the water. Yeah. So I, I've got like quick geography questions for you, Sean. Is is Freddie like geolocked to Elm Streets? Like, That's is it like a poltergeist a situation? Muddy. What's really crazy about this franchise is like the early movies are so clearly set in California. Like Southern <laughs> California. And it's not until six that they say, oh, this was all happening in Ohio, by the way. And for some reason, that 
bit from like the most reviled movie in either franchise became the canon that we all accept. I mean, like, I think it works better. Like, I, I think all these movies work better if this is like a small, sleepy town in in the Midwest rather than in Los Angeles. Or you could argue it's somewhere else in SoCal, but like, yeah, small. There's not town really small towns in SoCal. In LA County. I think it's just weird yeah. because <laughs> the first Nightmare movie just feels like Van Nuys, and it's like you know, it's, it's just weird yeah. to make that shift. Encino. But that being said, like to answer your question, originally it was just the descendants of the parents that killed Freddy. It was just a pure revenge track. Like, and they were they were like Elm Street was kind of like the the center of that. Right. But it gets muddier as it goes on. Um, so I think it's harder to say. I think that he is geolocked, but it's kind of spread to the, you know, Springwood metropolitan area. Well, and just like how, I mean, Jason haunts Camp Crystal Lake, but in this movie... And Manhattan and Helen's Space. We don't know how far away it is, but like Freddy's like, you know, take a little hike. I hear the kids in Springwood are being naughty. Yeah, I'm try- I would Your love mom to tells understand... You. How far canonically Crystal Lake is from uh, from Elm Street? I also don't care though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's. I mean, like, if it's there's just... an answer, I want to know. I don't it's need Jersey, that answer to the film. So it makes no sense <laughs> that they got there overnight. But who cares? You know. Yeah. You can get to from Ohio to Jersey overnight. I mean, Jason's a pretty slow walker. That's true. And it's not like he's riding transit. <laughs> well, I think. Well, I mean, he could have taken a month to get there. They drive back. Like, that's fine. I do want a prequel movie that's just, like, investigating a series of slasher deaths that are taking place between Jersey and Ohio. I think Jason, just wherever you set him loose, he's going to kill people. Right. I also, I like, speaking of Jason, like, before we get into into our, into our, uh, asking the real questions about whether or not this is still good or not. uh, Just a small shout out to, like, the weird uh, Jason's Closet sequence that we get, which... I forget how or when that's established, but like his his little shack on the water opens up and there's just a portal of dead bodies floating in the ether. <laughs> that like right. you know what is Jason at this point? Which is well, so he's dead, wild. and that's like yeah. his like death dream. Is well, that... no, isn't that in his <laughs> like his actual dream? Because Freddy has possessed Stone Boy. Who oh, has, right, uh, right, right. Tranquilized right. Jason and then gotten decapitated in the process. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's if Freddy he's can not possess people in the franchise, in but yeah. yeah, yeah, he's cut through the waist, bisected. <laughs> he's dehafitated, and yeah, and then they open the door and it's all the people drowning. But they're in Jason's dream. And it's like the final right. third of the film is Jason's dream, probably as it should be again. Oh yeah, no. It's like everything's like I, I mean, everything's where it should be. Yeah, it's a perfect movie. movie. That's what we said, right? All together. Seems like we should probably get into our final chapters. Judgments. Sorry, yeah. our final judgments. Well, that's using uh, final chapter in the Friday the Thirteenth sense of the word, which means there's going to be a lot more after this. <laughs> Correct. I can oh, no. change my mind about Freddy versus Jason at any time. None of these episodes right. are canon. Just call the next <laughs> like, one a new beginning. That's the that's the trick. Um, well, Sage, what what is a rating system that we use on this show? Hmm. Uh, well, we have a three tier uh, approach, and that is 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 it still good? Is it better as a memory? Uh, or is it going to drown in a dream and we have to give it mouth to mouth? Oh, 
I was going to say, should we all uh, together OD on Hypnosil and never dream again? Um, <laughs> should we never dream of this again? Yes. I actually, I, I another quick shout out to like, that is a pretty horrifying sequence is all the kids that the town has forced to OD on Hypnosil who just lie there with their eyes covered in cotton. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a never dreaming, never waking. <laughs> yeah, town is fucked. complicit. Anyway, this movie's great. It's still good. Uh, I love it. Again, I don't know what more you could ask from this. I don't know what I would ask from the idea of Freddy versus Jason, but I feel like I got a lot more than I could have ever dreamed of. Well, I can still pitch you some more ideas. I got a whole list of them here. <laughs> we'll go to that. Yeah, no, we we always have a pitch section, and I think this time <laughs> it's just going to be, were these pitches good? <laughs> but yeah, still good. All right, next. Yeah, I'm still uh, yeah. good. <laughs> Go ahead, Sage. <laughs> I am. I am shocked. Uh, I was very excited when uh, when I forget who who brought up this idea to watch it. It, it had it crossed my mind. Uh, I didn't like this movie the first time I saw it, which is really surprising. It was just kind of there, and I really like this movie now. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> this movie so it also fits the thing where it's like this is much better than the last time I watched it. It's not a perfect movie. No one's no one is claiming that. Well, but this I don't know. I got the much... box I'm of the DVD that. right here, and there's a quote from <laughs> Gavin, the co-host of this podcast. That it's a says, true perfect movie. Quote, a perfect movie. Uh, but like grading it on the curve that it very much exists on, both in terms of like, well, these are what these franchises have already given us, and. Uh, this is what it looks like when two characters from different franchises are smashed together. This is what uh, it looks like when worlds collide. Yes. Uh, then whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still good. <laughs> uh, it's it's not Jason X in my eyes, which is a movie that I like more, but is not still good. <laughs> it's not. It's it should be a trimmed movie, not a perfect movie. Now, All right. Sean, well, that was it. You, should, you said still good. Oh, yeah. This is just as enjoyable as when I snuck into the theater as my sister's <laughs> fake twin. I'll watch this movie again. Like, yeah. All right, well, that was by far our fastest Final Judgments ever. Well, it's because we're, we're so excited to hear, uh, you know, the alternate versions right. of this movie that could have been. Yeah. Okay, so again, like, if you're interested in really diving into this, the book's called Slash of the Titans. I think it's, like, five bucks on Amazon by Dustin McNeil. And there's an <laughs> appendix in the back, in case you really want, like, the, the quick version without all the history and backstory. There's even an appendix in the back, and that's what I'm reading from, which is just the log lines of these insane drafts. Okay, here's one for you guys. Uh... The real Jason is put on trial for his crimes. A lifelong insomniac, so we're already retconning some stuff here, he is giving anesthesia, anesthesia for emergency surgery after being shot during the trial. This reunites him with a monster from his past, Freddy, who uses him as a doorway into reality. What do you think about that? I think that's... I mean, that's not a whole movie. That's a start of a movie. Um, I don't <laughs> think that's a bad way rather than having. I mean, it's not a it's not a good way. <laughs> we, do we like it better than Freddy Colt? 
I like it so much better than Freddy Colt because you could actually still go places that way. I mean, the one is like the insomniac thing is is dumb rather than yeah. having like Jason can't sleep. It's just like Jason doesn't have to sleep. I guess the, <laughs> you don't have to die, the implication you don't have to is he's like a shark, so he just has to always be swimming or he'll die. <laughs> yeah. No, and like the idea of having Jason sitting, like even Jason chained up is hard for me to like work with. Like, I just don't want to see him in a Oh, you wouldn't like Jason X. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should Jason mention X. that it's a fun. lot of these... <laughs> I should mention that a lot of these, they kind of retcon a past connection between the two of them. Either Freddy is Jason's yeah. father, or Freddy <laughs> molested <laughs> Jason as a child, which is even worse. Well, that's at least consistent. <laughs> um, okay, here's another one, guys. Try this one on for size. Survivors from previous sequels team up with an FBI agent to stop an evil prophecy involving Freddy and Jason on New Year's Eve 1999. The Titans are revealed to be pawns of Thanos. Not not that Thanos. I don't know. That's all it says here. <laughs> all right, because Thanos also just sounds like a generic Elder God name. Um, yeah. I think that it's the Elder God. I don't think it's the Marvel Thanos. So that's the that's the Y two K Freddy movie. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that one. It's like all these are better than the Freddy cult so far. Okay. Now Goyer was involved with this next one, so you might like hell this yes. Goyer started getting involved earlier than I thought. Okay. Look, I like David Goyer. I was gonna come out and say, he's, have you seen? You're you, you, Have you seen the Invisible? <laughs> no, I haven't. I know what you're talking oh, about really? though. Okay, yeah, I really liked The Invisible. A psychic teenager helps police capture a Freddy copycat killer. She and friends then take a dream-enhancing drug and head to Crystal Lake. Freddy, Jason, and the copycat all start to appear before them as dream and reality blend together. See, that just doesn't need to be a crossover movie. That would be an okay nightmare movie. It starts out with, like, a copycat killer, and then Freddy, like, starts coming into the movie. Okay, then some of these are the same story <laughs> that are with slight tweaks. Yeah. They're like this. This we've almost got it. We've almost got it. We're almost there. What else you got? A grad student writing about Freddy and Jason accidentally draws them to her. Research into her own past reveals a disturbing connection to both killers, which uniquely enables her to defeat them. I mean, that does feel very in line with both of those because. Yeah, like you were saying, the Friday movies, or the um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, do have a lot to do with bloodlines. This next one I call the Gavin pitch, because I think Gavin's going to like this. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, Freddy devises a scheme to slaughter thousands of souls in a dream concert. Dream concert is in quotes, (laughs) which will empower him to enter reality. A survivor from a previous nightmare movie pulls Jason into the dream world to prevent Freddy from accumulating this many souls. That does sound goofy as fuck. (laughs) So, like, one where, like, Jason's the hero from the beginning? (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. And not just, like, the lesser of two evils. (laughs) It's it's kind of like a room full of monkeys all trying to... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you pull Jason into it? I don't like because you can fall asleep and not summon Freddy. Freddy's got to come to you. I'm just saying there's holes in this pitch. Okay. Well, uh, maybe if I... uh, there was like 30% more exposition than there currently is. 
Well, that's why you got to bring in Goyer again. To oh, you got to bring in Goyer. Yeah. I skipped a bunch of them, but here's where we finally landed. This is the uh, one that won. Freddy resurrects Jason from hell and directs him to Elm Street with hopes he'll drum up enough new fear to bring Freddy back from obscurity. Jason is unable to stop killing, however, and the Titans wind up battling over who gets to kill Elm Street's youth. As an Elm, That's as like a, I almost said Elm Street pitch. As an elevator pitch, uh, I think that's probably the best one. Oh, it sounds, especially that compared to the ones we just heard, that just sounds clean. Yeah. It is pretty like, clean. That's also, that is the movie we watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the long line. Yeah. yeah. That that's, was that was their that pitch. That was the final one. Yeah. Um, and it's they pretty did, easy to see did. why that won. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got what we got because I am, I am sated content feel good about it you don't, you don't want, want to add concert? anyone to this movie you don't want an ash or uh new line owns oh, okay. the rights to it i'm just gonna throw that out there <laughs> that almost makes sense i really don't have a fond place in my heart for it yeah but... i don't know if that works because pennywise's rules are so are even muddier than freddie and jason's rules <laughs> Look, it does it three words like for you the... sean three words David S. Goyer. <laughs> uh, he can fix it. It feels more like the uh, Michael Myers meets um, Jason. Like, that's too close. And it, Pennywise and Freddy are a little too close. I'm going to hold out for Leprechaun versus Chucky. There you go. That I, Honestly, that makes so much sense. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, or, or Jason X versus Leprechaun in space. Now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're cooking now. with heat. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably there's probably like a few of those crossovers that work. You talk about like Freddy and Pennywise being too close together. I'm like, what if they had a contest over who could like kill the most children? Oh, you guys didn't like yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, it's it sounds like the you know the early middle of the pitches we just got. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get there. We'll call that. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. To, I, I I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's any people I'd really like to see match wits if there are any other titans of horror that i'd like to see like so i guess we should talk about freddy versus jason versus ash which much like this movie sounded to me like an idea that someone is just like hey we can make money off this right yeah i loved that idea as a kid because like i was an evil dead fan where i I didn't have familiarity with these other franchises and i'd watched army of darkness 10 times by the time uh by the time freddy versus jason came out but now it just seems like just kind of a gross idea. Well, I, I didn't I didn't take either of these as being things that would actually happen. Oh, I 100% even... thought this was going to be the next movie that came out <laughs> two years later. Even with, like, well, like, Freddy vs. Jason didn't feel like it should have happened. Like, and not even just because of people owning the different rights. It's just like, to me, crossovers didn't make sense at the time. It just seems like a lame, bankrupt idea. All right, and but then Gavin. We got this, which is great. What if uh, under the frozen mass of Antarctica there was a pyramid? Yeah, Go I on. was very mad that that existed. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible idea. Oh, it's so good. What uh, if there's like all sorts of uh, mazes and shuffling corridors? And uh, I'm surprised there's not just a laser grid in that movie. If I'm being honest, because it's yeah, it's uh, what is it? Alien versus Predator versus Cube. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's just a Paul W. S. Anderson movie. But. Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, I was surprised to find out, got really pretty far in terms of... Oh. There were multiple scripts written for this. Like, it had cleanup, and it was, like, 
nearing production. Everything was at New Line, so it wasn't like the rights weren't there. I think they just decided it was, you know, too expensive and like they just kind of wound up in Development Hill and people started getting older and like people like, you know, just get interested in other things and they get locked on other projects and things just kind of don't happen sometimes. Was Bruce Campbell signed on to do it? Yeah. Wow. And the, the, so again, I haven't actually read the book, but I have started it. <laughs> and it, it, it's from the point of view of Ash, which is like a fun entryway to the, to this series. And this is the graphic novel adaptation of the movie that never Correct. was. Okay. got it. Yes. Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay. So this I thought is, this was just somebody pitching no, their own thing. No, the screenwriter has first billing. Like this is an adaptation of the script. Fascinating. And, uh, it is that, uh, Ash is sent to, um, be the new guest like manager at the S Mart that's opening in uh, mm, either mm-hmm. Springwood or Camp Crystal Lake. I forget which. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's huh. he's convinced that uh, both of them are deadites. Okay. And so in his world, he's fighting the deadites, which are making their way as Freddy and Jason. I mean, yeah, if I had to write a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash movie, like, Ash would be the main character. Yeah. I mean, one, he's the only hero. <laughs> right. And you barely... Freddy is sending Jason after the Necronomicon somehow. So okay. So he's again, he's sure. again, you know, kind of pulling the strings, pushing Jason out there to try and get the Necronomicon in order to free him, like, you know, double his dream power or whatever. So... Not not the not the most perfect of ideas. Not the most trim. Do you think they but, try to uh, like pull those in because Ash already had a movie with verses in the title? <laughs> it's Ash versus the Army of Darkness is the actual title, right? I thought or... it was Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness. <laughs> That's what the credits say. I, I, sure. <laughs> I well, um, we eventually do get Ash versus the Evil Dead. Is the TV series? Oh, right. That's right. what I'm thinking. Yeah. But I thought Army of Darkness also technically had a versus in it, and no one, no one ever uses it. It's just Army of Darkness colloquially. Um, I am staring at the the poster on my wall for Army of Darkness, and it is just Army of Darkness. Okay. Oh no, I take that back. Production: Ah. Bruce Campbell versus, in quotes, Army of Darkness. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Damn, I thought Sean was doing a bit. No. Uh, only Freddy does bits. I'm dead serious. Honestly, I feel like it raises more questions than answers, uh, this, this poster in front of me, but <laughs> here we are. So one one crossover uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, uh, which I would be, argue is the most successful horror crossover, and one of the reasons I'm not super interested in seeing a Freddy versus Pen- Pennywise or uh, Anna, Annabelle something. Annabelle Annabelle the Predator. Annabelle versus Anaconda I would watch. Yes. Like, you go no, you go <laughs> Take out my money. You go out to the sides <laughs> of the pitch meeting and I'm in. Uh is Cabin in the Woods. Which yeah. I think kind of does kind of a lot of what we're pitching a lot more successfully with a nice meta slant to it. I mean, you don't wind up with the verses as much, but like that is a the wonderful third act, I would say yeah. is that. But it is a wonderful send up. That is, is a very clean movie. Yeah. Very yeah. trim. Very perfect. A uh, dot 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 perfect movie. 
And I don't know if that movie could have been as clean if it if it actually had someone living in nightmares. <laughs> I think that would be a pretty messy thing to shove into that. Is there a Freddy in there? I'm sure there has to be. I just I think when they're think going through all the cubes, there's like a, a Freddy character. A guy wearing a sweater. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah there, there is a guy in a sweater. And like, it's a Bert guy in a sweater. Yeah. It's not as obvious as like their pinhead analog who's got like saws yeah. around his face, but uh they really they really focus up on that. All right. That so sounds like are it. Are we in the recommendation <laughs> sequence? You kinda Yeah. I'm gonna recommend <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cabin in the Woods and obviously I'm gonna recommend Jason X and uh Alien versus Predator is probably better than you remember. You might not love it, but uh that is a movie that gets unfairly shit on. I guess it's maybe because like that's like those franchises have some truly great movies in there as opposed to movies yeah. that are fun. <laughs> no, I'm so, like, well, the first predator is extremely fun, but it is also like what it's, but great. it's good. Like yeah. it's a top five. It's Arnold fantastic. Movie. And, uh, alien is, is just one of it's a top 10 Sage to, movie to the point where like everyone loves aliens I do not like it nearly as much because I cannot separate from that first movie. And the tone change is a step down for me, at least. That first movie is so good um, that, like, the second one being fun and fine almost doesn't work as well just because the first movie is so singular in its, like, quality. Really brought the energy down with my shitting on aliens. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) I like the meat but I, I get what you're saying. (laughs) um yes uh sean do you have a recommendation uh if you want to watch another freddy movie make it either the original or if you want to have a little bit more fun do part three dream warriors that movie is just a blast i cannot recommend it enough and then for jason i'd say either go final chapter or jason lives those are also i guess Final chapter, if you want just, like, the definitive Jason movie that gives you everything you want in a Jason movie. Or Jason Lives, if you just want, like, a campy, fun horror comedy. Yeah, and I'm gonna say just, you know, because of Wes Craven's time with these series, uh, if you loved Scream, if you haven't seen Scream, go watch Scream. And if you love Scream, go watch Wes Craven's New Nightmare because it's kind of like another Scream movie, but it's 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 better than half of the Scream movies. It's good, uh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's very fun. And Literally half of them. <laughs> <laughs> there are four, so it does split down the middle. Yeah. Pretty and a and fifth one coming out in January—that's pretty crazy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And keeping I... to current horror trends, do you know what it's called? My soul to take. <laughs> it's called Scream. What? They're just recycling the title like they did with it's Halloween. It's just called Scream? Just called it's Scream. It's not even Remake? The Scream? It no, it's a Scream 5 if they got the whole cast back, but it's just called Scream. Because they think oh, we, the audience, can't the deal screen. with the idea of going to a fifth one. So they're going to pretend oh. that it's the first one. I don't like that. I, I mean, so Scream 4 is S5 the other the Scream good saga. Scream movie. I, I like 2 a lot. I, I like Scream Goes to College. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're progressively two's not a bad movie three's a bad movie three's pretty rough it's got its three's moments but yeah sean and have you seen my soul to take the internet has existed my soul to take no i know what you're talking about but oh i oh my god that's a west craven blind spot for me that movie is bad but in such a fun way because when you realize it, it's just like so Wes craven you know was was the writer on a lot of these original movies like in the 80s 
Um, like he wrote Friday the Thirteenth, right? Or, or at least no. he. Or sorry, sorry. Bleh. No, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah, yeah. And Last House on the Left. I think like he's like. He's the writer behind those, and he, and he pitched those ideas. And Scream is very much like him directing uh, someone else's script for several of them. And my soul to take kind of just seems like he's, he's like, I can still write these. <laughs> and it, it is, it's got like a bit of Scream meta. It's, it's definitely more in the Scream vibe than, than in the other things he's worked on. Uh, but it's just aggressively inept on every – like you would be shocked – if you ever get the chance, you could show someone and, and not tell them Wes Craven directed it and then just look at the shock on their face at the end. Did you see Cursed? Speaking of movies with crazy production histories, that's the Wes Craven werewolf movie with Christina no. Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg. I cannot imagine the movie you're describing to me as worse than that. I mean, it's you wouldn't expect my soul to take to be this bad. Imagine a bad simple. script that then just got... Yeah, because the Weinstein brothers also shredded Curse to pieces and brought it back mm-hmm. for reshoots over and over again. So I think that, mm-hmm. that was that's another reason why that one is, like, really crazy bad. I mean, my soul to take could have more excuses in the works, but everything really just does seem like, oh, yeah, this was Wes Craven's idea and he screwed up. <laughs> okay, so you're saying well, watch my soul to take. That's your recommendation? I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Damn. <laughs> okay. But only if you have nothing per- else. Perfect Look, movie, if we very tight. Yeah. <laughs> if we re-enter a quarantine, watch my soul to take. I don't like that you're. I don't to... need a quarantine to watch <laughs> shitty horror movies. That's basically what I do every day, Sage. But but thank you for giving me the cover. That's the difference between us. <laughs> well, Sean, thank you so much for joining us again, and once again bringing your expertise. Oh, thank you, guys. I'm always happy to be on the pod fan and uh subscriber fan friend subscriber <laughs> smash that like button smash that like uh, button with your <laughs> freddy glove and while you're while you're while you're yeah carefully not shredding your computer like you got to use probably the pointer blade uh to also individually type in the letters uh the like tape heads to uh wind up at sean's podcast subscribe to that with another you know, you can bring the machete down on the enter button there. What if you I have, like, subscribe? butter knives attached to each one of your fingers? <laughs> well, that was yeah, one of the saying. pitches for Freddy vs. Jason. That was, they, it was a Saturday cooking show, and <laughs> Jason was there. I don't know. <laughs> Jason's, the, the, Jason's the, the, what is it, the sous chef? He's, like, just chopping everything. Yeah. And... You're just pitching the top chef, Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> but, yeah, go, go check out Sean's podcast. Uh, uh, you got any movies coming out, Sean? Yes, Red Snow had its premiere at Panic Fest. Uh, it, you yeah. might be able to see it in December because it's a Christmas movie, but uh, you didn't hear that from me. Might be uh, <laughs> <laughs> might be available. We'll see. At you know, if you're very good and uh, you write Santa, yeah, and it's not one of them, they're Silent Night, Deadly Nights situations, Santa Slay. Santa Slay situation. Maybe, maybe instead of getting murdered, you'll 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 get a chance to see a movie, which we like here at our podcast that you can follow at Still Good Pod on Instagram. Smash that like button, <laughs> like and subscribe, bitch. Uh, yeah, send us a message if you've got any uh, uh, better pitches for for Freddy versus Jason versus Ash versus Boa versus Python. Mm-hmm. 
Dragon Wars. <laughs> Dragon <laughs> D Wars. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming along on this journey. We're going to wrap it up here. Bye. All right. Bye. Dr. No!